Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today, oh man, it's like the 10th episode of our pilot series. Yes, you heard that right. This is the pilot series. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> this is a return to the first series that we have ever done on the Dora Sisters podcast, which now has been going for about a year and a half. Also, That's crazy. I'm just like so proud. And one of the things that we decided when we made this podcast is that because there's so many new shows coming out, nothing is off limits to talk about. And so just because there wasn't a first episode of Strange New Worlds when we started the series, there is now. So we have to talk about it. Yay. And we were talking about it on a Star Trek Thursday where Strange New Worlds episode... It's like six, five or six, six? already. Yeah. Oh my god. Episode six or whatever just came out. So this is crazy and I love the timing of this. As usual, like with our pilot series, we have great timing on things. I'm actually very annoyed with the timing because instead of <laughs> watching the new episode today, I rewatched the pilot. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, so no spoilers except for the first episode because we are not gonna we're gonna try to not talk about any other episodes today as we have done with the other pilot series episodes okay so Rian and I actually I'm just gonna have like full transparency we had to just <laughs> pause the recording and try to remember what the question was that we asked each other at the beginning of every pilot series because we have a question for every single series that we do And we just listened to the first intros of the first four episodes. And the consensus (laughs) is that (laughs) we are asking each other, what was your expectations going into this pilot? And what kind of show did you expect? And where were you when you first watched the pilot? So I'm very excited to talk about this because I think those questions were definitely meant for shows that we had seen a long long time ago and this one we saw five or six weeks ago you know like barely barely a month ago so rihanna let's just get right into it tell me about your expectations for strange new worlds they they were like the highest of any trek show i think wow going into it because so much of Discovery for me was successful because of season two and because of Pike's role, Una's role, even just the side characters they brought on from Enterprise. And of course the Spock dynamic in that entrance. And so the fact that the show had been hyped for so many months, you know, and that like literally Strange New Pod created their podcast for this show. So there was already just like so much anticipation years before it came out and that it was here and like i remember going to the strange new worlds panel and being like this is so interesting like the so many of these people are their first time ever at a convention and it was just wild and they showed the first scene of like the very first view of the bridge 
to us and we were like oh it's beautiful you know and that whole scene where they're like cadet Uhura and she turns around and you're like screaming and (laughs) throwing up and passing out it's just amazing you're like I love it here but so then I went in watching the pilot and this actually answers your second question. Yeah, our yeah. Second question too. It, I guess we were very smart in our setup. <laughs> yeah, <very tough. laughs> Literally. Which also, like, note to self, write stuff down. Like, we should have yeah. written that down. <laughs> Literally, I was looking at all our documents. I'm like, wow, where is it? <laughs> I just now, for the upcoming, because we're doing death fakeouts next, I just mm-hmm. decided to write the questions on our watch list. Finally. And I was like, man, maybe, like, seven series in we're, yeah we're, we're still we're just about in ways. the groove yeah, yeah. okay so Rihanna Absolutely. go ahead tell us about yeah. your um experience watching the pilot I get really worried when I'm coming into a new show that like my expectations are going to be too high and obviously they were for this show and so I came into it cautiously optimistic because I didn't want to be like disappointed if it was bad you know and also understanding that pilots are tricky and like it's hard to please everyone on the first viewing and so I think I stayed kind of guarded watching it and I was not critical but just like was really analyzing everything about it which can be a benefit, but can also, like, be a detriment. And so I was seeing a lot of the, like, cheesy parts that I was like, oh, my God, like, that just hits me in my TOS, <laughs> you know? Or, like, parts that really were nostalgic but new at the same time. And I was like, I feel amazing. And also, like, I don't know. <laughs> There's just a lot of feelings. Yeah. Like, I, it's hard to describe. But even with a critical eye, I still came out of it just loving it, you know? And just feeling so happy to be watching another iteration of trek that i know i'm going to enjoy i'm sorry to interrupt you but we just got a patreon pledge from (gasps) jeff richardson as we are recording this so thank you jeff literally thank you so much for becoming a patron you didn't even know you were going to get a shout out (laughs) thank you wow that's the most amazing thing we kind of dropped the ball on the shout outs so jeff this one's for you yeah literally (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) um wow thank wow that's amazing so yeah i think like i of course wish I don't have to be so critical about the things I love but also I want them to be good and I want them to also this is a tricky one because it has to be an ode to old Trek but it has to be something new and it has to be like woker than of course 60s Trek and so there's so much to contend with and I think that they really rose to the occasion like yes there's some things about these this pilot that are like choices I wouldn't have made if I were a writer or a director or whatever but it still works for the, the theme of the show. So that's my like mini analysis. And yeah, I was just sitting on the couch with my girlfriend watching it. That's amazing. I really unsurprisingly agree with you on a lot of your points. Mm-hmm. I think it's insane to like try to calculate how hyped people were for this show. Yeah. And so like my expectations going in were really formed by the opinions of people around me and also because of the press that was coming out about the show. The actors were posting on Twitter and social media saying how excited they were and how amazing the episodes were being filmed and written and produced. 
and it just makes me excited to see a cast that already seems so connected like Rihanna you were talking about I know I didn't get to see them at Mission Chicago but Mm -hmm. even just hearing your excitement from them and like it like it was a weird panel because they hadn't been together before but I still feel like that cast chemistry is really strong with this one the thing that I'm comparing it to is actually the pilot of Picard because Mm -hmm. that one I kind of thought the pilot of Picard is the best Star Trek pilot yeah and it's phenomenal it's a phenomenal like what I think it's one of my favorite ones of the whole first season actually and so I am very aware going into this so now yeah leaking into my perspective like going into Mm this I was worried that if they did have a really good pilot that the rest of the episodes would be eh you know and I'm I'm not trying to say like I do like Picard Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just how I felt. The episodes yeah. were very, like, up and down. So, yeah. So I, w- I was a little worried. I think also the thing, it's been really building up for a long time because we've been in this terrible pandemic and Strange New Worlds was going to air, I think, much sooner <laughs> if it hadn't yeah. been for COVID. Mm-hmm. I had heard about a spinoff in like season two of discovery like two or three totally i think right after that dropped they said that they were Mm going to make strange new worlds to get everybody excited about pike so this is a long time ago you know totally um and i think a lot of these shows they have their ads for like a year and then the show starts yeah or less so there's just a lot of a lot of expectations going in and i really felt that and it was particularly exciting. One of my favorite Star Trek days of the year because it was the finale of Picard season two yes. and the day that Strange New World premiered. Incredible. And so, oh my God. You get like Star Trek for breakfast and Star Trek for dinner. Like what? Yeah, exactly. And I was so focused and I remembered people talking about what episode are you going to watch first you know yeah so personally I watched Picard first mm-hmm. because I wanted to end the season like yeah. have some have closure. some closure yeah. yeah and then I went with Strange New Worlds but this has been a great year for TV because on Sundays it used to be Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer were coming yeah. out on the, like the same day so then I would always argue with my husband like which one did we watch first you know that's tough like what kind <laughs> yeah. of meaty episode is each one gonna be you know like mm-hmm. how do I want to prepare my day and yeah. so for this I wanted to have that closure of Picard and just have a fresh slate for Strange New Worlds you know totally. kind of a, a palate cleanser yeah while I was watching I was so focused because I know just like Lower Decks and Discovery like Star Trek these days makes the most extreme niche throwbacks and references totally. that I was so excited to catch those I was also so excited to meet the cast. And so I was really focusing and hyper judging every person that came on the screen. And I had a fantastic time. I thought it was amazing. I don't know. And I think at the end, we're going to have to talk about our favorite pilot, Rihanna. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because I have a lot of thoughts about that. And I think I also had the expectation that Anson Mount was going to carry the show because he's the character that, well, and Spock, but we I feel like we really know Pike already going into this. 
And because of that connection to Discovery, I was really excited and also kind of expecting for it to be a Pike show, to be honest, even though I knew going in that it was going to be episodic and not have necessarily a whole long storyline. But I still kind of expected Pike to have a lot of airtime, not not only airtime, but uh, just focus. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like in a lot of Star Trek shows, there's either like hyper fixation on the captains or not as much. Yeah. So I also knew, you know, I, this whole last couple of years with Discovery and now Picard, I've been really wanting a full length episodic Star Trek show. Totally. So I'm just expecting to like this and I'm really glad that I did. I, I love this episode. Wow. Ashlyn. And where were you when you were watching it? I was at my house in my sunken basement. Not really a, it's not really a basement. It's like a, the sunken level, I think you yeah. call it. Yeah. And nice. I, it was really sad because I was going to have a party and watch it with my friends, but one of my friends got COVID, so I, I watched it alone. That is so sad. Aww. But Danny knew it was a big day in the morning. He was like, oh, today is your Star Trek day. And I like, <laughs> yes, it is my Star Trek day. I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, I'll do, yeah. do whatever you want. Literally, I was on social media like all day, like yeah. posting things, getting the hype. Oh my God. Yeah. Love it. So... Rihanna, let's dive in. Let's talk yeah. about the beginning of this episode, which is a voiceover by yeah. Una. Yeah, Rebecca Romaine. Woo woo. Whoa, she's back for more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was really interesting that Una was the person to start the speech because then I expected to see her in the opening scenes and um, we only got that slight glimpse of the government official on this planet coming in and didn't even get to see Una. And so I I thought that was really good. It's a tantalizing enough opening. And it's got the lovely voiceover, which is very like Star Trek Kelvin vibes. I was getting like Star Trek Beyond vibes here. Oh, totally. I thought it was honestly like really surprising and really telling that they started the show with the, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the species name, Kylie. M-class oh, planet. Maybe they're Kyleans. <laughs> Kylie. We should be called Earthers with that knowledge. So, Earther, or with Earther. that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> the Vulcans got it right. They're like calling them humans. It's illogical. Yeah. They're, they're Earthers. Earthers. I think it's really telling that they choose to start the show with planet Kylie. And I, I think the species is just Kylie. Because generally the first scene that you show in a pilot is... I guess I'm thinking about like Game of Thrones because their first episode, the first scene is already showcasing the White Walkers and it shows like these people walking in snow encountering them. And mm. so for Strange New Worlds to start with an alien planet that we've never been on with Una doing voiceover and it's kind of like intriguing, like, huh, what does that mean? And I think for me, it says that this is going to be episodic and we are going to like have different types of storylines than what has been happening before because yeah. it's it's not it's not like a grand scale problem you know this episode doesn't totally. set up any long plot things mm -hmm. um, no big arcs yeah yeah thank you so i just thought it really like sets up the show nicely because it's very light it's very inspiring and hopeful and it's just a really like welcoming opening like even if you've never seen star trek before go in here this is the perfect entrance to star trek yeah i mean it does what prodigy does for kids for adults you know like 
I mean, I'm sure kids could watch this as well and still enjoy it and be like, oh, yeah, I understand about our planet being, I understand these parallels. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure our our little sister would get it right away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, I think it is really cool that they start with the Kylie because then you are getting the stakes of that episode for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And, um, and then we get Pike. Yay. And then we get Pike. Ashlyn, <laughs> I want you to talk about this scene because I know that you have like a deep love for Pike. So oh, how did God. you feel? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is a deep love. I have just like once again, Anson Mount like just does such an amazing job portraying this character. It really feels like they have a connection, you know, as totally. actor and character. Well, first of all, was Pike watching Captain Proton? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I was going to look it up because I feel like I slandered that I don't know it. I Yeah, I felt like I should have known that reference because the lady that I captained someone who he's like hanging out with. Yeah. Banging. <laughs> um, she's <laughs> like, she's like, really? Or, or like, again? And so I can tell that it's his comfort show. Yeah. Whatever he's watching. Totally. Which you can hear Brianna doing diligent research. (laughs) (laughs) Brianna, we're going to be embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, no. Pike is watching the 1951 science fiction film, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Still. Okay. Okay. And he says it's a classic. Wow. Thank you, Den of Geek. I feel like I... I really am behind on my, like, pulp sci-fi movies. Oh, me too. I've I'm... only seen Metropolis, so. Yeah. Oops. I've barely seen any. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I, my, our dad would have gotten that for sure. Totally. And I'm sure a lot of people did, but, yeah, okay, the day yeah. the earth stood still. I was wondering, but isn't that interesting, though? Because Pike is stuck and standing still. Yeah. And then he's watching, I, I guess, he, so he watches it a lot. So it's his comfort movie, yeah. you know? So it sets That's up so true. in the first, like, couple seconds of seeing Pike, like, oh, God, he's not okay. <laughs> yeah, his beard, his, like, not that having a beard means you're not okay, but, like, he's just... He's, <laughs> some people have a sad beard, not. though. Yeah. You know, it's like you only have it when you're, like, down. And, yeah, exactly. Well, it's also funny, be, I'm sorry to keep interrupting Rihanna, um, but my husband, I've mentioned a lot, he's in the Air Force and they of course have strict regulations for facial hair and he has to shave mm-hmm. every day and he's wow. had two work from home days this week and he already has a beard growing and so now that he's watching Star Trek a lot more with me he's like the, the military has ruined Star Trek because Riker's beard is not allowed <laughs> <laughs> they've evolved past that rule probably <laughs> yeah well that's I mean that's what I told him too I was like I think they don't care you know about personal appearances quite but, as much but in this day and age Riker's beard is <laughs> out of line. It, it is illegal <laughs> uh, it's really out of line and so that's why I kind of think like Pike having this beard he doesn't normally when he's on duty Mm-mm. or like at least in season two and in the pilot like we never see it we never see him with the beard no. so Jeffrey Hunter does not have a beard <laughs> <laughs> well mirror Jeffrey Hunter does Ooh, can you imagine <laughs> bearded Pike to see mirror Pike oh my god they better do a mirror episode I'm just oh. saying Anyway, oh, my heart's a flutter. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. To me, yeah, it's visually he looks sad. He's watching like a sad movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad, though, that he has someone around, you know, that he's not alone during all of this because I think it would make all of his problems worse, you know, and 
at least he has someone that he's not talking to there to talk with him, you know? Like, he really, even though he can't open up about what's going on with someone that he's, like, having casual relations with, I think is totally fine, you know? But it's also just so interesting because I think he's one of the first characters in Star Trek who runs away from Starfleet when they're, like, paralyzed with fear, you know? I think that the rest of our characters we've seen, or most of them, run to Starfleet, you know? Dang, like, that is a great point. Yeah, I mean, unless you can think of others, like, who are, you know, of course there's people who aren't in Starfleet who wouldn't be interested in running to it, but, like... I was just gonna say something about a future episode, but I can't. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. I just think it's telling about his situation, and obviously it's because he knows that his career in Starfleet will end the life that he's living right now into something different, and... That can be really difficult. Obviously, he's going through it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I just want to remind people or tell people who haven't seen Strange New Worlds that in season two of Discovery, he was the captain for the whole season and he was involved in sending the ship to the future because the evil entity control, like the advanced AI, was going to take over the entire universe and kill everyone, essentially. Like there was no future 900 years from now. And so discovery with pike's help and una joins as well they are able to send discovery into the future and thus saving everything but it's completely locked down like no one everyone is sworn to secrecy it's classified and pike in order to help achieve this to get a time crystal very important (laughs) he had essential he had to go to the planet borath which is a klingon like time crystal planet where they just occur naturally and they're guarded by these cool monks and the price to take a time crystal was to know your fate so pike has this whole experience and he sees what we've known from the beginning from literally the first episode is that pike is destined to be injured in the original series episode he's like in a wheeled like mechanism and he can only beep yes or no with his head sticking out it's like really Mm -hmm. morbid yeah very sad and his face is very disfigured but he saves like 10 cadets yeah um like it's an extremely noble thing that he did which just says a lot about his character so he's always been compelling from the very beginning it's just so interesting because pike is looking into that future constantly now like as we see him in the pilot and he does say to Spock that it was like this death of him you know and I think that that's just like such interesting rhetoric and like something of course to avoid because he's not dead but like I understand you know that like he's feeling this way yeah because Starfleet is his life you know and I think it's his like whole being (laughs) you know I don't I think that like having that taken away from him is just horrible. Oh, yeah. And I also am sad that he does view it as a death, Mm -hmm. you know, even though he's extremely crippled, like he can't do anything except like with help. So he's, he's viewing it at the end, even though like he does still like continue to live. And I mean, that, that is a hard thing to grapple with, you know? That's yeah. a very, very hard thing to do. One thing that's interesting about the other condition of him getting the time crystal is that the future is set. So mm-hmm. nothing he can do will change that. So that's really interesting because you know what's going to happen in the future. To me, 
I would use that as permission to live the way I wanted, like without fear, yeah. you know? Without consequences. I think it would make me a really gung-ho captain because it's like, yeah. I'm not dying today. I mean, of course, like my crew could die, but it's not me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It started with Pike. So it's interesting to me that he's having the opposite reaction where he's pulling back and he's second guessing himself which later he says to Spock this is what I don't want to do like this is the worst thing that can happen to a captain if you start second guessing yourself and so uh yeah I just really feel for Pike and I think it's great to start his arc here you know like he's it's brilliant broken down from what he was in Discovery yeah I mean I think like the fact that he wasn't gonna go out for anybody that he didn't know to save them from a first contact mission gone wrong is also telling you know because he is maybe not as much as michael but he does have a saving people thing he does like to be out there helping anyone from starfleet so sorry that subtle (laughs) subtle harry potter Potter reference reference. (laughs) (laughs) you knew knew that i knew yeah i saw you (laughs) smiling over there (laughs) okay so like I am so excited about this scene with Pike and April coming into, first of all, the epicness of him riding Tango, who we presume is Tango. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Running around in the snowfield. And then I love that he's just such a horse girl. I'm thinking about Picard. I'm thinking about Kirk. And I'm just like, I, I love these, like, horse girl captains all over. <laughs> it really is, like, this is a horse sandwich we have right now with the captains. <laughs> weird thing to say i probably shouldn't have said it that was weird weird. (laughs) moving on Uh um i love that the first thing that pike says when april comes out of the shuttle is you spooked my horse (laughs) (laughs) i was like that is my man like that's when you know that he's a good captain (laughs) oh totally i remember seeing because I remember seeing someone on Twitter posted that their daughter genuinely thought that Pike just got on the shuttle and left and left his horse in the, <laughs> in the middle of the field. Oh, and she no. was like, is Tango okay? <laughs> but I mean, that's a great question. Like, did yeah. he just yeet? I mean, and- he shaved, so he had to have gone back to pack his things. Yeah, yeah. And it was morning and he said they had like till like 1600 or something. So yeah, he has he time. time. Yeah. Don't worry, Tango is away and fine. (laughs) Yes, God bless. (laughs) Um, I'm really happy that they included Robert April in this show as well, because every captain needs an admiral who's got their back. You know, that's the only way to succeed. Especially a former first officer and captain duo. Yes. That's the only, I caught it this time. I was going to ask you too, Ashlyn, um, how many times have you seen this pilot now? It's the third time. Yes, me too. You too? Yeah. I forgot, but I did watch it again. Okay, anyway, I was just curious. But yeah, because I like, I'm still noticing stuff on this third viewing, especially taking copious notes here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that he was like, yeah, your first officer doesn't take shore leave seriously. Because, of course, she's off making first contact. And he's like, just like another first officer I knew. And I just love that. They have this rapport. And this is what I've noticed with Pike and will continue to notice throughout this pilot is that he is, like, friends with everyone. Pike knows everybody. And he's just so, like, colloquial and kind. And they just have, he has great chemistry with everyone he meets. Yeah, I absolutely, I totally agree. And there, I think him and April's relationship 
seems really close Mm -hmm. already also i just want to point out that the entire conversation pike is like hugging tango's head and he's like really using it for support because i think Mm -hmm. this is a tough conversation you know and everyone needs their emotional support horse yeah literally exactly i feel like pike has grown like even more attached to tango while Mm -hmm. he's been home uh, and I, I just noticed that. And I know it's like a film, a, like a TV horse who's mm-hmm. like a good actor. But yeah. um, most horses I know or I've encountered in real life don't like their heads to be like chilling next to you the whole time. Yeah, they you know? to, like toss and turn. And... Or like hanging out, like mm-hmm. not wanting to cuddle. But Pike was like hanging out with Tango. Like it was so yeah. sweet. And he kind of using him to hide behind during that mm. scene. And so I thought it was nice that Tango came with him. Yeah. Um and that Pike got to have one final ride, you know. <laughs> Ashlyn, that's really beautiful. I didn't really notice that, but oh, shout out to Tango, man. Yeah. Amazing. Gotta give him some air time. Yeah, because this conversation is really tough and April is really pushing him to get back in the proverbial saddle, (laughs) shall we say. Um, And Pike says, you don't want me out there, Bob. He says, no, you have that wrong. You don't want to be out there. And I think, you know, it's really cool that Pike is so self-aware that he knows he can't be out there. And I think it's a little uncool of April to, like, push that on him when he's saying, like, don't put me out there, essentially. But... Also, this is a classic Kirk scenario. You're the best man for the job. It's your number one, blah, blah, blah. There's all of these other stakes at place. And so I think also, I think Robert probably knows him enough to know to shake him out of his funk. He's got to like get back in. Oh, totally. And the Admiral knows him well enough to know like when it's okay to push him. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, and we saw this earlier in the scene with the uh, the other captain that Pike was with. she said i would like he was like oh i'll be here in a month i might be like come say hi and she kisses him and then says i don't want you here in a month yeah i hope you're not i hope you're not not yeah and i don't want you here but (laughs) i hope i don't i hope you're not here in a month Mm -hmm. and so now this is the second person kind of pushing him to be like hey dude you gotta get through it and i think Mm -hmm. also because neither of them know what happened with discovery yeah what it is yeah and the uh like amount of pain he's going through Mm -hmm. um and just all the feelings so yeah i i do think it is the right time to get back up on the horse which is exactly what april suggests (laughs) totally (laughs) so i also briefly just want to address the casting of robert april adrian holmes appearing here as robert o'neill and there was for some (laughs) (laughs) o'neill who's that probably a name somewhere it is a name but like on my page <laughs> i can't find it now Forever Forever April. <laughs> um okay. okay yeah so adrian holmes plays robert april i can't believe i said o'neill <laughs> i was like who the fuck <laughs> so glad you stopped me what podcast are we listening <laughs> well, no, um, this is fresh air <laughs> from NPR. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. <for this. laughs> okay. So he's playing Robert April. Yeah, yeah. 
And this character actually appeared in the animated series episode, The Counterclock Incident, which I've only seen once and don't remember too yeah. well, but it said... We're going to get to our Patreon soon. Yeah, actually, we only have like four more episodes till we watch this one, so I'm excited because we'll have some extra juicy stuff to talk about. Yeah. Aren't you glad that Jeff became a patron this episode? So Jeff can yeah. hear that review. But Pretty anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave the ads till the end. Um, <laughs> anyway... Um, in the animated series episode, Robert April is white, and obviously here, like, he's played by a black man, Mm -hmm. and there has been so much controversy over this, and it's- Ridiculous. It's disgusting. Like, it's racist. So, I'm just here to say, like- Stop being racist. It doesn't matter. Like, they could recast everyone in Star Trek to be people of color or different genders, and I would love that, you know? So- I think let's just all chill. Um, everything Thank that's you. been happening with Moses in uh, Obi-Wan too. Like, Ridiculous. can we just chill as a society? Can we all agree to, to not be racist? racist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm here to say yeah. that. And I think he's amazing. I, I love Robert April and yeah, well, I, I can't talk about him for the rest of the series. So yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> there he stays. But I think, Rihanna, it's time to talk about, is this your favorite part about the show? <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn, how did you feel about the opening of Strange New Worlds? let's talk about the music you just asked the question back at me you're like let's go i was yeah i was setting you up my favorite part oh i don't know is it of the (laughs) is it the opening (laughs) no but i'm just so excited to hear what you think because you're a music gal oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) well so something that they've been doing is like having a star trek logo kind of similar to like marvel I know what Marvel does um, in the beginning of these Strange New World episodes, which means they're building a Star Trek verse, which is like, oh, yes, so good. (laughs) 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 I love to see it. Mm -hmm. Like, let's unite everything. So I really like that music because it feels really nice and it sets up the show really well. And then Mm. once we get to the intro, I think it's a perfect modern inspiration for like the 60s trek era music it's got brass it's like very excited and upbeat but also kind of feels like has those elements of being like older too so i think it's wonderful i i think it's a great intro i feel like all the intros have been like very fantastic so that's not something i'm ever worried about you know me neither even i was listening to animated series and i was like i just love this intro it is so so good i love yeah, it and yeah and strange new worlds is no exception i think i literally get like to this day i've seen quite a few episodes and i still get like chills when i hear the end where they do sort of the 60s like yeah i just like oh i just get like chills all over my body so yeah it has that echo effect it. too it's mm-hmm. so good yeah i, the nostalgia I agree is on point yes cool well yes you're right ashlyn now is my favorite part on vulcan (laughs) yep okay that oh that tracks the straight (laughs) spock sections were your favorite interesting well this is probably one of my favorite like character scenes in this episode Mm. i think that these two interact so well 
And, you know, I've really come to terms with Stray Spock because it's not like he's just randomly dating Ahura. He's dating yeah. his soon-to-be wife. Well, that was you know? shade at the Kelvin hey, verse. I'm sorry. It's just not... Whoa. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. Ow. Sorry to everyone who loves them in the Kelvin verse. I just think, like, it makes sense for this universe because this is what's happening. This is Spock's arc. And I feel like, you know, even though I read Spock queer and, like, I think about him as more of a queer Vulcan. Everyone has their their straight face, you know? <laughs> I mean, what queer person hasn't got out with someone that they weren't actually interested in or even married sometimes? So anyway, I think it's just like all a part of his story and that's what I think is so cool about it is that we get to see these other chapters of Spock's story. So I'm more thinking about it is just like, wow, I get so much more insight into Spock and I get to like, we get to flush out his character even more and get like fill in every single gap and all of my questions. So I'm just very happy to be here on the Spock's journey. Yes, Rihanna. So this is something that you and I talk a lot about. I think, I think in the beginning we talked a lot about Spock yeah. because, or like it, like independent of this podcast, like as mm-hmm. these episodes were coming out, we always had like a debrief and we're screaming about Spock. Totally. Yeah. And I 100% agree with you. And I think it's so fascinating, I'll use his term, to be able to flesh out all of these different chunks. (laughs) I don't want to say chunks of flesh together. (laughs) English is weird. I don't like that. Chunks of flesh. (laughs) That's gross. I want to say that. I think there are some characters in fiction that we are blessed to be returning to over and over again and i feel like we're really in this like that's i feel like culture right now like people who are consuming media and producing media are all about recapturing what was once epic and amazing oh my god the, yeah the new jurassic world movie just came out and i, I mean heard it was strange like, new world yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well because jeff goldblum is in the new yeah everyone's in it yeah Oh my, everyone? Oh man, maybe I, see now, look at me, I'm going to see it. Where they are, every minute, (laughs) (laughs) literally, yeah, like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so we are trapped (laughs) a little bit in this era of recycling things that were already made. But for a, like, fandom, it is the most excellent thing to happen because characters that we've known for so long and are so important to us we get more information about them and so i think that's another huge reason why everyone is really excited for this show because there's so many familiar faces so many lives that were like amazing stories that we're returning to it's very exciting and it helps people i don't know like feel younger i feel like a kid when i watch new worlds so same all of this to say that Spock is one of these epic characters that is like a pop culture icon, is mm-hmm. the most famous Star Trek character. Like you ask anyone, who do you know from Star Trek? They'll say Spock probably. Maybe Kirk. Yeah. Um, yeah, for But sure. it's Spock. I mean, or Patrick Stewart. I guess it depends on how old you are. Um, sure, true. <laughs> but, but still, but like still. Spock is still in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's an honor, like exactly like what you said, even though it's Spock's straight phase, it's an honor to see this really young part of him. And it's also from a freaking prime universe. 
like yes. media, you know? So this is like actual Spock. This is it. Yeah. This burn is it. again to Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to burn. I'm just saying like we have from the 2009 movies, like we have that information about alternate universe Spock. And about our prime end of Spock. Oh, anyway, but sorry, see, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying me. is we're like having Benjamin Button information with Spock. Like we get literally yeah. the end of his life. In Next mm-hmm. Generation, we get like a good like middle part. Mm-hmm. And then we have like a beautiful original series Spock. So also like just kudos to Ethan Peck because I think he's great as Spock. I actually really see a lot of Nimoy in him. Yes. Um, and especially his characteristics and like movements. I just, mm-hmm. I really see it. And they do a really good job with the like camera and effects uh, where sometimes Spock will be in a spacesuit or something or it'll be from behind and it looks exactly like Nimoy. It's, it's yeah. eerie. Weird. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm glad we are both into the straight scenes because actually I love them as a couple and right from the beginning i had my guard up i was like this is dumb i don't i don't like this but Mm -hmm. then seeing their chemistry and seeing that spock is actually enjoying it and he's excited which is shocking like so cute we've never seen the side of him before you know oh man i love the dialogue in this first scene where they're in the restaurant it's so good it feels very much like it's like written like a play almost you know i i just feel like the banter is amazing yeah i'm just really happy about to as well because she's such a cool character in general and she's been cool since a muck time even if i like she kind of irritates me for her decisions i'm still like really always awe inspired by her she's just so epic but we don't get a lot about her besides that she loves stone <laughs> that's it you're like I okay stone Stone, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Stone. <laughs> to pring loves Love that stone, stone bro. Stone, <laughs> man, yeah. Um, but we finally get more characterization and just time with to pring in this. Quite a lot of time, which is so fun. Yeah, I also love that she is the one to ask Spock to marry her, mm-hmm. and maybe in Vulcan. That he's eagerly waiting. Yeah, yeah, like in Vulcan culture, do you know if it's like? usual for the man to do that or the male identifying vulcan i don't know honestly we just don't get a lot of instances of it or if it is it's like to and that one dude yeah and they were already married yeah well so it doesn't really matter but i think it really normalizes that women can ask if they're with a male to marry them because society is so like male shifted in that way but in some couples there are just the askers you know and they can be any gender so so true um i thought that was really cool that T'Pring did that and that Spock was so anxious thinking about it because he was like um query Query. where's your query It's so, so, so cute. I just, I love it. I love the little necklace he gets. I love the PDA, honestly. And then Vulcan asks them to get a room. (laughs) Literally. And she's like, heck yeah, let's go. Yeah, so bold, like sexually. And also, Spock is having sex and we're, we're like... Were they? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, my biggest complaint about Ethan Peck... I'm sorry, but I want hairy Spock titties. <laughs> this is yeah, what... Yeah, Nimoy was very hairy. You know, it just, like, where's that? Well, and where's actually... Where's my hairy Spock? 
maybe they're like showing it more because like Nimoy he's had his like shirt young. off often in the yeah. original series. Yeah, he's young Spock. He's like <laughs> hairless young. He Spock. feels like it's fine to answer a hail shirtless. Like what? what? <laughs> I know. So this oh is something God. that like. I am mildly confused about with Spock and still trying to figure him out in this era because there's a part of him that is so strict about rules and regulations here that, like, he is trying so hard to adhere to Starfleet. And then there's some instances where he's not at all. Like, example, the shirt answering shirtless to your... I don't care if he's, like, your friend Pike. He's still your captain, Pike. And I just can't imagine Spock doing that. But, of course, this is our younger Spock. But also, when they're down on the planet in disguises, Spock is not doing nerve pinches right away. He needs, like, a couple commands to do it. He's really stating protocol, really trying to stay under the radar for General Order 1. And I think it's just so interesting because, like, there's so many contradictory things. And I think this is Spock in this era, you know? He's, like, going through a lot of changes um, emotionally and, like, just still finding his place. Well, and in Starfleet and in Alan Vulcan. Especially because Vulcans have such long lives. I feel like they're considered to be children for a lot longer. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure he's like a teenager now, you know, even though he's like in his yeah. 30s. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he's going through that. And also I think he's not as good at hiding his human side mm-hmm. at this point because he's, he's not fresh off Vulcan, but he's been off Vulcan for a while and i think it's kind of sad that over time he gets better at hiding it yeah but that's what he always wanted to be was a vulcan you know so it's really neat i think to see him in like this young phase okay i'm just gonna talk about the like some weird moments though yeah. um because and i'm gonna just like speed ahead really quick in the plot <laughs> but... i know which one you're talking about <laughs> so they have to go back to kylie to save una <laughs> Rihanna's like losing it. She knows what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so weird. It's the pants, right? Yeah. Well, I had another one, but oh, and the scream. <laughs> it's the scream for me. That was so. That was so weird. Uh, so, well, I I'll explain the pants for me because so yeah. they beam down. They're like dressed up as the Kylie and. Mm-hmm. They all, like, as part of their outfits, have short pants. Yeah. Like, they're shorts, essentially. Yeah, they're shorts with, like, long socks. Yeah. And Spock is like, Captain, where are my pants? And (laughs) I just thought he only said that to make Pike laugh. Literally. But it it wasn't, like, in Spock. I I was really surprised by that reaction. Like, I feel like a later Spock would just be like whatever and then McCoy would be like what are you doing you know I don't know where's your pants (laughs) yeah yeah or like someone else would say that and so it just I just felt like this episode up to this point was really serious and really like dramatic and like kind of a more intense feel and then mm-hmm. this was the icebreaker. And yeah. I just don't know if it was a good icebreaker. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, why are we talking about pants right now? And then the show after this, I feel, really gets lighter and funnier, mm-hmm. which is great because that's, I mean, Star Trek is funny, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, Pike says in this episode, Shades of Old Earth. And I'm like, I'm thinking Shades of TOS in this episode because there is sort of that, like, weird, almost whiplash effect of, like, hokiness mixed in with seriousness that is TOS. And that is these episodic plot lines where you're fitting a whole story into one episode. I think, like, 
they fit in the comedy when they can and sometimes it doesn't work so well like I'm just I'm really thrown back to a lot of TUS moments I'm like yeah that felt like a little bit awkward and uncomfortable and that's that's very like, <laughs> TUS for me sometimes we're having so, too much nostalgia like yeah, maybe tone like, it okay, back guys, okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. I could take some hokiness but like with it being from Spock it's just like weirdly off-putting like I would imagine like yeah I mean, I guess, you know, we are missing a McCoy sort of, like, goofball in these way missions. So Spock has to, like, take that place sometimes. But then, <laughs> so then they get out of the elevator. <laughs> and because of Spock's, like, genetics, the effects, like, the gene-transforming effects are wearing off sooner. And they, they're walking down the hallway, and he goes, Captain... <laughs> the pain is unbearable okay i thought that was funny i thought that was great literally he's like acting dead totally normal so and he's funny. like it's actually unbearable <laughs> captain the pain is unbearable and then he clasps his ears and just screams and it is the funniest like i should not be laughing at spock's pain but like i'm over here cracking up because it's so weird and so random and also like damn but are you okay <laughs> like oh my god it just really like it reminded me of um charlie x when spock is yes. on the ground he goes captain my legs they are broken. broken rihanna i was about to make that reference literally oh my god yeah yes it's, it's true just same vibes okay but like spock screaming is really it's, <laughs> It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was putting mm-hmm. I was wondering if it was supposed to be a distraction, like to get the people oh. to pause and not like attack them right away. Like, you know, it's like a defense mechanism. <laughs> Throw them off. <laughs> yeah, which they were extremely <laughs> thrown off. Um, I guess. But, but I don't think that was why. Like I think he no. was just in pain, he did it, but it was <laughs> I think it really hurt. <laughs> yeah. He had to scream it out. <laughs> It's just yeah, bizarre moments like this that I'm like, are we good? Are we good, everyone? Was that the, the take you went for? There could be a little bumps on the road, yeah, you know, and totally. you still get to where you're going. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh. I also I kind of want to jump around to see. You're gonna have to help me with all the names. Um, sure. To Noonien Singh, Lon. To Lon, because it, before they beam down. And had their surgeries <laughs> or like had their yeah. genes modified mm-hmm. she refuses the pain blocker yes. <laughs> like the the numbing yeah, effect let's talk about this why did she do that well i mean she says that like she refused sedation probably because of past experiences and that like she has the right to refuse it but i think it's really interesting the conversation that she has with, briefly with pike before chapel gives her the gene therapy without the sedative she says you've read my file i've survived a lot of things and pike says well they're surviving and then there's living your choice you know and so oh i missed that i think that that's really beautiful and i was a little worried that pike was going to be like no 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 i you must get it with this like try to really like change her mind about getting it with sedation because I understand like he's trying to protect his crew but she also knows what she's doing and like she's very clear of mind and very clear to chapel that she does not want to be sedated or at least have the painkillers so yeah I mean I think that this is definitely like a deeply rooted trauma thing for her that like she can't process 
having like I mean I, I don't know about her life besides the Gorn and besides the snippets of information we get in this episode and I think like it's really cool that she's able to stand up and say that because I think it's really scary to ask doctors for that those kind of things sometimes you know like you kind of just want to refer to them to everything but she really sticks to her guns and that's really cool yeah and I totally agree with you I think it's something that is deeply rooted from her past and I love that they're setting up a story for her in this way because it's a very small way of doing it but a very smart way like something that's going to make you remember like oh she's the one who didn't want the shot you know just to start distinguishing these characters from like one another I Mm -hmm. think it's really important in a pilot to give everybody like a strong not necessarily a strong personality but like a memorable part of themselves um, to get people to be excited when it's their turn to be on screen that's something that I really miss with Discovery because it was yeah. such a show that was based on plot. So I am eating up all of these like tiny little character things that they're doing. And I did not expect to like so many characters by the end of this episode, but I do. I yeah. love all of them a lot. They're like amazing. great first impressions on every single one. Yeah, which is incredible and hard to do. I mean, yeah, I want to talk about Laon a little bit more because she is so interesting to me. I think that, first of all, she's an awesome temporary first officer and amazing security officer. Like, I think Pike made a really good choice adding her to the Enterprise. But it's clear she has a history and it's clear that there's a lot for her to process. And that doesn't stop her from performing her jobs at her job admirably. Like, she still kicks butt out there literally i mean like when they're on the planet she pretends to be hurt and then gets spock to vulcan grip them and she has these like i like when she goes captain permission to act quickly i love that because like she's still asking for that permission but knowing that it's gonna work she has so much confidence it's amazing to watch i just i i found myself like worried when i see like a grumpy character who's like brooding i'm like oh no like is that gonna be all like your personality trait you know or whatever but i immediately started to grow to love her seeing these scenes and seeing um just how efficiently she handles every situation is so cool yes i totally agree with you i was worried that she was going to be like a grumpy character TM. Yeah. Um, kind of like similar to how Bolana was introduced. Like you just have a yeah. hard time enjoying those interactions because she's always like in conflict with someone. Totally. Um, but it turns out she's just kind of a tough nut to crack. Yeah. But she's incredibly enjoyable to watch on screen. She has great chemistry with everyone and people take her seriously. I love that she's short. I think that's one of my favorite things yeah about her is that she because i'm a short person uh, (laughs) compared to many other people and i think it's hard it would be hard to be viewed in our time as a female security officer who's short because you are imagining like someone you know like a a buff man yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. a shacks yeah Mm -hmm. a a buff bajoran yeah yeah wharf yeah uh, Scotty, you know. Chuva. <laughs> never skip leg day. Yeah, never skip leg day. Yeah, but Lon is like so strong in like every way. Yeah, I just loved, I love, I love her. I really, really like her. Yeah, and I love the scenes with her and Una. Even the brief interactions we get are really cool and hearing a little bit more about her backstory. And I like that she also stands by her views. I can't remember what it was, but... 
Um, oh, oh, yeah. Well, it's a conversation that she had with Pike in the end of the episode where she says, you know, she's describing a little bit about her history where she was taken from her home world by the Gorn to be like nesting chambers, like so mm-hmm. awful. And she saw her loved ones die and all of them were surprised because they didn't mm-hmm. expect to die. And she was the only one who expected to die or yeah. was like ready she to do it. And that's why yeah. she lived. Yeah. And so this is a perfect way for Pike to look at his situation. And I love that it wasn't Spock who gave him the solution. You yeah. know, someone who I would expect like, okay, well, Spock is going to fix all the problems as usual. Totally. Um, but no, like La'an come, like really comes in clutch and he's able to see it as a strength that he knows his future and i hope as the show progresses uh we get to see more of pike gaining confidence and like control even though we don't really have control about over anything but like perceived control around how he can think about his future yeah absolutely and i'm so glad lawn provides that insight for him and i think another reason why he asked her to join because she can keep him grounded in these moments and he can help her as well so it's really cool and i just love that star trek is again sort of like picking up strays or picking up quote-unquote like people who are you know just struggling or need a place to call home and that's what pike says about the enterprise he says earth the dust and sky is my hearth but enterprise is my home and it has already become home for so many on this cast and seeing una back safe and sound is really nice and i did wish we got more of her in the pilot i was like really missing that dynamic we got with una in discovery um but i understand why they did it they needed pike's sort of like hero's journey reason (laughs) to leave his comfortable life he needed that push and una was the only one who can push him back into space you know You're, you're totally right I love also that she knows La'an because yeah. she happened to be on the ship that rescued her from the so Gorn. Cool. Which is she was an ensign, yeah. Really cool as an ensign, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about like some of these characters that we see? Please, um, yes. So I was hoping. Okay, Chapel. Chapel. My beloved. I I oh right away love Chapel because she's kind of flirty with Spock in the sick bay. And so it's already setting up like what we already know. But I think in a really, I don't know, like a charming way, like she's cute about it. Um, Also, it just shows that Spock is a serious ladies man. (laughs) I mean, Heike always always has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's so many episodes. The Romulan commander. O-M-G. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was saucy. I rest my case. Like, Kirk's not the only one who spread his face yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh! <laughs> Spock is tell. undercover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I don't know. I just like that it sets it up. The actor who plays Chapel is Jess Bush, and I think she is fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, she's, like, really, like, go-getter, um like literally yeah (laughs) go get the rabbit (laughs) like exactly like very energetic um and just like excited about life i don't know like (laughs) yeah (laughs) excited probably as hell about her assignment on the enterprise oh yeah she just transferred and like she's this like genetic whiz i love it yeah, and this she's is also f- so damn cute, I gotta say. Like, I really want to cosplay her now. I'm, like, looking for chapel wigs online because oh, yeah. 
I love her. Well, and this is, I think, the first time that Spock meets Chapel. So this is really yeah. historic and moment. I just realized this, but Ahura in Chapel as well is this first scene, and it's like the cutest thing ever. Yes. Coming off of the transporter, and Ahura is just like making this guy feel at home. She's like the only one who did her homework about the the homeworld they're going to, as usual. And so she knows everything and just calms him down. And then Chapel hypos him. <laughs> I think that was a perfect introduction to the character of Ahura mm-hmm. because she, I, I didn't catch, like I, the first time when I saw this for the pilot, she says, oh, like, do you know, she like starts referencing the sport that they yeah, have on the planet. Tag to, ball or something. Yeah, to calm him down and get mm-hmm. him, he's like, oh, tag ball, no way. What I didn't realize until this watching is that she continues the conversation with him to keep him distracted. And she has extremely niche references. Like she's talking yeah. about like, oh, I guess the best game was like the game of 87. And he was like, yes. oh, I was there. I went with my yeah. dad. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, right? like, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And so I, again, like, like what I said earlier about La'an, like we get these tiny little snippets that mm-hmm. uh, really say a lot in a short amount of time what their character is all about and she's so sweet and she grasps the situation immediately you know Incredible. like hi um yeah. i'm going to the bridge <laughs> like i know and she's so cute about it too like i think she also is so good at disarming people you know just like with kindness and with just like her friendliness and just knowing about a culture really helps to understand it like like we heard in prodigy you know that like language is not just translation it's interpretation and that's what her is doing here with exactly. this guy rihanna that was beautiful thank you yeah you too. <laughs> um yeah and i just love that scene because the chapel's like hi i'm chapel and she's like ahura and then like see you later well yeah. and i'm thinking about so many people i know that ship them yeah um, from the original series and i mean so, they had that little smooch before she went and saw her husband excuse me we need to meet him anyway oh my god yeah i forgot about that roger um, corby <laughs> <laughs> just saying oh. but they did have a little smooch before she left a little good luck smooch so. yeah that's true and they would be a really cute couple. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, chill. so that that's what got me thinking when they meet each other. And also just these are two iconic characters meeting for the first time, like with Spock. It's so, it's so amazing to see. It's incredible. Yeah. And freaking, we also have to talk about Ortega's because she doesn't get like a ton of time in this yes. episode. But like, I'm obsessed already just by like literally her sitting in the captain's chair and says like, Oh, red alert, we've got a Delta Scorpy, whatever. <laughs> like, essentially, we got a rudder. And Ortegas is like, Delta Always. Scorpy? What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's the protocol thing. That is we weird. <laughs> Delta Scorpy 7. That is what? That is a weird thing. Is the What's protocol? a Scorpy? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's just what it is. I guess it's when a person from a pre-warp planet gets beamed up and starts running around the ship. That is... Maybe it happened first time at Delta Scorpy 7. <laughs> what is, is Scorpy? Sorry, I can't tell you. I wish I knew. Such a weird word. Okay. Yeah. Oof. So Ortega says, always while I'm in the chair. And I just, oh, I love it. Yeah. Rihanna, you have such a thing for pilots. I know. What is this? You have, Scott. like, you need to figure this out. Like, <laughs> were is you a like, pilot is this in a, a past bad life? Trait? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that a toxic trait? <laughs> Probably, because I used to, like, 
first time we watched Voyager, I yeah, loved Tom I was going to say, you I were die have. hard. For literally the pilot episode, you were like, that's the yeah. love of my life. And then like, he actually um, like opened his mouth and I was like, <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> Never mind, I love Tuvok. <laughs> Divert to the, the emotionless one instead. Oh, Tom, <laughs> though. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. Pilots really get me going. Yeah. I really like her too. I think it was a great first impression. I don't think we got too much, though. Yeah. Um, off of her in this episode. So, yeah, Ortega's is cool. Definitely. Yeah. So, I think we need to break down this complete and utter destroyal of General Order 1. Dis- what's destroyal? <laughs> I don't know. So, Wait, it was Squirby. Squirby. Wait, destroyal. Destroyal. Let's talk about the utter obliteration of General Order 1 that occurred in this episode. Yeah. How I, do you feel? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> okay, so I loved Janeway. Like, I loved like, flagrantly just throwing away the rules. <laughs> yeah, that's why Janeway is your captain. I loved it. Well, okay, I want to be, like, more nerdy about it, though. Like, I, I actually loved it because um, it adds, like backstory we did not effing need about why they call it the prime directive in tng and then yes. like general order one back in time it's in, so in enterprise yeah. especially yeah uh and so because that's such an important part of star trek that like forms the whole rest of the show i just think it's really like so, it's so thoughtful cool. of them to include yeah. that even though like it's not needed at all but it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful um, it's because of Pike. Like what? <laughs> of all people, like I never would have guessed. He seems like he's a perfect mix of like Goody Two Shoes and kind of Wilden, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think he's more. I should use a better term than Wilden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he's a little bit more like on the edge um, mm-hmm. and not feeling as close to Starfleet because he has been kind of off duty for a while. And so yes, I absolutely. think he feels like it's okay to do something a little crazy, especially after he's had his talk with La'an about not being surprised about his oncoming future. Yeah. That he was really empowered to say, okay. And also he got the important information from Una that they caused this planet to have a like warp bomb, a very scientific (laughs) term. Um, yeah. We also didn't mention like the whole plot of the Kylie really, but they're like in a civil war that's been going on, or like not a civil war, but they're in a war between these two factions that's been going on for centuries, mm-hmm. and they're basically Earth right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because they are in such close proximity to where Discovery went to the future, they had telescopes that were like good enough to see what was going on in the sky and actually build the warp bomb from it which is insane wow that sounds like some stuff we would do too Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, absolutely and so it's like this as spock points out it's one a very like crazy situation where they actually built the warp bomb before the warp drive and then so like i said when una explains that it's because it's discovery's fault and like starfleet's fault that this is happening pike he's just like this is the right thing to do you know or now that we have intervened we have to be a good leader or something yeah, like that. yeah like let's at least make it positive yeah yeah i love that 
because that's the whole point. Like, that's why I think sometimes the Prime Directive or General Order 1 is so difficult for people to follow is because there's so many exceptions to those rules or so many instances where it's not crystal clear or you're not sure, like the whole warp signature thing. Of course they thought, like, okay, we saw a warp signature. They clearly are ready for first contact. So there's just so many shades of gray when it comes to these like real life situations and pike reads them all so beautifully that like i'm not mad about him breaking it i'm just like surprised it's pike you know and i think it's only because he, when he has that whole conversation with spock of like spock asks how long until the accident and he says oh a long time like a decade and then he pauses and he says like is that a long time it seems not far away now and oh that just like gives me chills thinking about it because he totally reevaluates his life in those like five seconds he's like is that a long time yeah and so yes. we are seeing a pike who's a little bit more willing to not follow these rules and i mean frankly this is like he's also coming off of the whole thing that happened with control and discovery and everything like that was his last mission and so clearly everyone's still recovering from this including spock yes rena thank you that oof yeah, yeah, that I'm so glad you brought up that scene. I one more thing. I yeah. I'm like literally thinking that Kelvin Pike is like rolling in his grave right now. Like cuz he gave the exact same speech <laughs> to Kirk about Prime Directive. And it was like a very similar situation. Like this volcano's going to destroy them. We need to stop it. And they show the the Enterprise and Pike shows them the Enterprise. I'm like I'm really thinking about into darkness here. I'm thinking about Pike's Kelvin, Kelvin Pike just being like shaking his head at Prime Pike. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Well, you could also see that because he's quite a bit older. Well, actually, I mean, he just doesn't know his future. So he's a different Pike. Yeah, yeah. But he and also he's older, like because he knows Kirk as a. Yeah, that's true. But Mm -hmm. you could also think of it as maybe he made like a similar choice and similar, it had like yeah. bad consequences and so like he's trying to explanation yeah, yeah trying to save kirk from this happening to him too mm-hmm. i love that yeah because i mean every, i don't good, know a lot of captains learn from experience it's so. it's hard to say if calvin pike would have uh been that rushed because he hadn't yeah. gone through what pike has gone through right so mm-hmm. what our pike has gone through but I, Rian, I'm with you that I think it's only because of what he's just been experiencing that he makes this decision. I wrote in my notes, a dicey pike move, but it pays off. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the most impactful things for me from this whole episode is when he's talking to the two species because he finally shows the Enterprise comes down in full view, creating like proof that there's aliens um, yeah. and that they're not alone in the universe. And I just think about that for us, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I can really identify with the Kylie cause it yeah. would change your whole planet. And they talk about in first contact, just like the effects of it were there really wasn't any racism on earth towards other humans. It like, yeah. it, cause it was like, Oh my gosh, we're not alone. And so it was really easy to like suddenly be like maybe racist. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they get perspective on where they are in the universe and that it's like stupid to be fighting about this. Yeah. Um, like kind of just growing up a little bit. And I wonder so much like what would happen if we had something like that happen now. I'm like so disheartened with the current circumstances. Ugh, yeah, that I, I'm worried that people wouldn't even believe it was real. You know, like mm-hmm. they would say it is a hoax because we've had so many like alien hoaxes and things like that um but like irrefutable evidence it'd be really hard to imagine what that would do to the planet 
Totally. But I think it's great that Pike welcomes them in because I also side with Pike on this because this is like a really terrible weapon that they're making. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that once they develop warp drive could like take it to other planets as well, you know? Totally. And so they have to intervene from like a security level almost too. Like, hey, you're not alone. Don't destroy each other. Mm -hmm. Don't destroy us, bro. Yeah. Um, The scenes that Pike used to convince them were chilling because they Mm -hmm. were, some of it was footage from the attack on the Capitol on January Mm 6th. It's uh, like... photos of real protests that have happened uh and just a really timely moment i think and it really hit me especially the second time watching it we've had like so many shootings and like just the world continues to not be great and Mm -hmm. even in the five weeks since i've seen this episode um so i i thought it was really impactful and also really devastating to show that in world war three 30 percent of the population was wiped out it showed like north america completely on fire new york city being destroyed just like really really impactful footage Mm -hmm. and very sobering and so again like the kind of tone shifts for me are a little bit hard to grapple with in this episode i found them easier the second time through but like this was this was surprisingly heavy you know yeah um for what is happening what has happened in this last part of the episode so but i loved it i really loved it i thought it was moving and i um i think it was also a good reminder to people that star trek is political and star trek has always pushed the envelope and will always continue to push the envelope no matter what series it is so like either buckle up or get out of the car at this point you know Literally. I love that about how Trek has always been. And I love to seeing the other characters watching the footage of Earth's past and everything. Because, like, it really puts in... I don't know. I just... I think I see sort of the actors coming out, too. when they're, like... Mimbenga and Chapel are, like, on the verge of tears. And I'm just thinking about, like... Yeah, if I were, like, acting in this scene and seeing real footage and stuff, I'd be, like, weeping. So it's just really beautiful to see their responses because it makes me feel like oh yeah these actors also believe in a brighter future of like a star trek future so yeah absolutely it just makes me happy that you know the whole premise of this is we're returning we're trying to like get back the joy that the original series brought us yeah Um, but that doesn't mean they're not gonna still like say you know like give give the morality story you know like that's what they gotta do Exactly. So I loved it. I thought Pike was in a perfect place to give that speech and to help them. And that's, of course, what reminds him of his love of Starfleet. And so he decides to stay. And he, you can tell he's grateful. And um, yeah. I think he even says, it's like Captain's Log at the end, he's like, I love my life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's he's yeah. happy. You know, it's like his home speech. Like he finally feels good. And I thought it was cheesy, but like a, just a perfect and predictable, but a great wrap up like a little mini arc for pike in this episode which is like yeah. masterful writing like oh it's you're so well having done. characters like doing arcs and in these like 50 minutes it's just it's lovely i love the writing for this show it's so so beautiful and yeah I, I really like the fact too that like there's that whole montage it's so funny to see the kids like learning all about the enterprise and about spock and it's just like if i were a school teacher 
I would totally do that. I'd be like, and here's the Enterprise made in 22, whatever. <laughs> and like, I just love that scene. It's like, yes, this is what we're teaching future generations. Oh, exactly. Well, and for me, it reminded me of Galaxy Quest. Um, yes. Because that's what the the species like really cherishes, the historical documents. <laughs> so I was thinking about that, especially when they were like really studying this poster of Spock. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. And, uh, and the paper cutouts. Ah. Uh, that was that was like pointless. Why were they cutting out like thin paper? They probably have like a first contact day of their own that they do every Pro- year. like paper celebrations. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Captain Pike Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I I love this, and I think you know we have one more person to talk about, and that is of course Lieutenant Sam, the Mustache Kirk. Oh, and Embega. Yeah, he's not much in this episode. No, we didn't get him too much, but I just want to say his name, so we threw yeah. him out there. Yeah, yeah, especially because Pike is, like, friends with all these people. First he's like, hey, Bob, what's going on? And then he's like, hey, Mimanga, remember my study abroad to Africa? And he's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Sam comes up here, and he's like, hey, Chris, I mean, Captain. I'm like, dang, they're all just buddies. I love it. Yeah, I, I really like it, too. I also think, like, the only thing I know of Mimbega coming into this is from a couple episodes, A Private Little War and That Witch Survives. And he's just, like, a medical officer that you see sometimes. I think also he, like, walks around randomly. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a background character a lot. It's really cool that he's CMO. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so, yeah. And then Sam Kirk, here he is in the flesh. Not dead yet. <laughs> oh, Rihanna, yeah. Yeah, that's the sad part about having this set where it is, is that we are mourning the futures that we already know. But I still really liked him. He seemed really chummy, like you said, with Pike. Yeah. And just like a really chill dude. Um, but, but like, dude vibes, you know? <laughs> yeah, like how is... Because Spock is now his commanding officer, so how is that interaction going to go? Like, I want to see some shenanigans from the two of them, especially with, like, Kirk's sort of, like, ha-ha, like, jovial attitude. Yeah, well, and I was saying this to Rihanna. We've talked before in the past that it would be really funny if Spock didn't like Sam because then mm-hmm. he would have, like, already a bad impression of Kirk going into their relationship, which is really funny, you know? That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, how how does him knowing Sam reflect on his relationship with Kirk later? Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just a good question. We'll see. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> so, I am curious, Rihanna, if you had to choose three episodes, three, if you had to choose from three, yeah, if you had to choose from all of the Star Trek pilots that we've had, what would be your top three favorites? Ooh. Okay, well, I'm going to say my third and then we'll go back and forth. Okay, yeah, so we'll announce ours, yeah, simul- yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So number three for me is Next Generation's Encounter at Farpoint. And very nice. Um, mine is Lower Decks, uh, Second Contact. Ooh. Mm-hmm. My number two is Strange New Worlds pilot, Strange New World. So is mine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then, of course, my favorite pilot is Picard Pilot Remembrance. Yeah, also same. <laughs> hey, way to go. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love your order. It's so interesting to hear, you know, what really, like, succeeds for you. Well, I actually feel kind of guilty not having an older show on there. 
But I think it says a lot about how far we've come. Television is such high quality now that we're used to really amazing episodes. And yeah, yeah, sure, you can still have weird pilot episodes and then go on to have a fantastic show. There's so many of them out there like that. But with Star Trek, I feel like the recent pilots have really shined to me. And I think New Trek is kind of in this era where everyone is excited about it, but also scared. They're worried about if they're going to enjoy it or not. So for me... These pilots have all been very convincing, and obviously I'm going on to watch the rest of these episodes. Strange New Worlds is a perfect pilot to watch for anyone, someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't, has never seen a Star Trek episode in their life, or are diehard fans like us. You will probably enjoy this, and yeah, I think it's a great stepping stone into what Trek is all about. Absolutely, Ashlyn, that's so beautiful, and I think like, you know, there's so much high expectation for pilots, like you were saying, that it's amazing that all these pilots have met that expectation and been incredible. So I just want to thank Star Trek for always making great things. And yeah, our pilot series hopefully will never be done. That's what I want. But yeah, <laughs> at least in these next few years, I think we're still going to have Star Trek shows coming out. So yeah, absolutely. And it's been so much fun to revisit the pilot series. I Also, I thought it was interesting because there are so many fantastic podcasts out there that do night of reviews when the episodes come out. So like today's Thursday, I know Strange New Pod is going to drop their episode. They're live tonight and then it'll come up tomorrow morning. And it's a really amazing way to analyze like what's going on in the episode, get hyped about things, like feel disappointed about some things. Is it Strange New Pod does it and also Disco Pod does it. Oh yeah, Disco Pod, of course. There are a lot of podcasts that do that and I think it's fantastic. I just, I love what we do here, which is laugh when we're both crazy and also become extremely serious and talk about yeah. like the most intense and amazing and wonderful parts of Star Trek. So, and that actually leads me into the next series because in feminism, it has been very fun and, yeah. it, but also like very informative and, mm-hmm. and um, difficult at times. And difficult. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm excited to have a series that is a little bit more lighthearted, um, mm-hmm. but also it still is about death because it's death fake outs. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's fun, but also like these are some of the most intense and sometimes some of the best Star Trek episodes of each series. So I'm yeah. very excited to talk about these episodes and just like change it up. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm like the type of person who really likes frequent change. And mm-hmm. so for me, like to be able to spend a couple of months just like really in depth on a subject and then moving on is so much fun. So it's so nice. I just love this podcast. And once again, like thank you to Jeff for donating and becoming a patron of the pod that is just so exciting there was one time we got a patron like immediately after we ended up like after we stopped recording and i was like oh, it's amazing it's no. like you align our time yeah like you sense <laughs> that we're recording, recording. Yeah, yeah so thank you to all our listeners we really appreciate you we love your interactions on social media please continue that we love star trek and we're glad that you do too absolutely ashlyn thank you so much for having this amazing return to the pilot series and I can't wait to start Death Fake Outs with you next week. I can't either. Woo woo. Woo. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the first episode of our Death Fake Out series where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss all the people 
that sort of died but came back in the original series. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and especially our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron, just like Jeff, and unlock our exclusive review of Lower Decks, the animated series, a review of the movie Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, and feminism. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. But I also really like what we do here, which is be extremely niche and... Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I can't! I can't! How did I get back here? <laughs> So destroyed, destroyed. I don't know what I was thinking. Like we're brain. What is brain? <laughs> Great <laughs> reference. Speaking of, yeah. Um, speaking of, yeah. Well, before we go into death <laughs> fake out. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah.